not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. That all changes starting right here and right now. the show. Let's get started. Okay. 
Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. Don't you forget it. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm. He's behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his heart line. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, the day before Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to episode 639. We'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 39. And today's title is What's Your Equation? Daily disclaimer, please be advised that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I don't possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I don't care what you've heard. And I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. I want to thank you all for joining us today on today's podcast. Now, if you're not subscribed to the channel, please do so. That is my request to you, because if you find extreme value in what I offer and take away solid information and you find a positive message in all this, hit that subscribe button. Share this show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Our mission is obviously to spread God's word, help people ask Jesus to be in their heart while addressing significant topics related to family, true American history, and how to restore this great republic of our nation through the reassembly of states and counties. All right. And yes, we are getting more active on YouTube. And so I'm creating more content over there. And until they start banning me and banning my videos, then I'll move over to, you know, to uh, Rumble. But I like YouTube for the simple fact that so far I haven't been banned with anything that I've been putting out there. And YouTube, quite frankly, has better technology when it comes to their video posting and everything like that. So I am creating more content over there. So go subscribe over there if you can. Share that. Like it. Leave comments. Just don't, uh, don't give me hate mail. But if you do give me hate mail, just know you might get some back. Just kidding. Or am I? I might just call you out on the show. Who knows? And again, if you choose to support the podcast, there is a gift send go on my website. But everything you need to find is on my website, hishardline.com. That's www.hishardline.com. Okay. So I suppose like myself, uh, you guys are probably all very, very busy this week. We all are going to be very busy. We're going to be stuffing our faces tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And it's going to be a good time. Hopefully you don't have a crazy uncle that's going to be at the dinner table talking all that liberal, you know, all that liberal talk and try to tell you how great Biden is. And, you know, he's going to be the next pre he's going to be the president for the next, you know, set for his second term. And, you know, talking about how he's on his eighth covid shot or maybe 18th for all I know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, but uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't have to have those crazy, awkward conversations with those crazy, you know, far left leaning, uh, sleepy people. Even if they're Trump people, they they could still be very well sleepy, you know. Um, <clears throat> but either way, I hope you guys all have a good, a good Thanksgiving. And I hope you, you know, you guys all have a safe holiday, too. So but, um, you know, earlier this week, I was listening uh, on YouTube. Uh to a video uh, by the guy from a guy by the name of David Goggins. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he's a military guy. Uh, he said something that really stuck out to me, and it made me think a little deeper on it. Now he talked about how 
there are there are all these cookie cutter type of books out there that teach you how to develop yourself mentally, right? And how to improve yourself, how to elevate yourself and 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 so on and so forth. Basically self-help books, right? And he mentioned that all these books and these so-called motivational speakers out there are just theorists, right? They theorize on what will help your life, right? Uh, meaning they probably did not go through all the hardships and troubles and maybe they did, but you know, not to the extreme, um, not, not to the level that say David or some other people out there may have gone through. They just kind of put out these books, like I said, in a cookie cutter type of fashion to try to shotgun out something, have a publisher, put it out there and try to make a few, you know, hundred thousand dollars off of a book, you know? Um, and hopefully maybe try to land a speaking engagement, but really not having the real life experience, right? It's like music artists, music artists, you know, when you're an independent music artist, you typically write all your own songs. You, you, you do all your own music, but, um, you know, the thing is, is that when it comes to signing onto a record label, right, signing onto a record label, um, you don't really have the ability to write your own music at that point, or you write your own lyrics. So all your lyrics at that point is pretty much written by a corporation and you just have to be the voice that delivers it, you know, delivers that message, whatever that message might be. So he talks about how everything out there that's all motivating is all crap, right? But he states again, not just how motivation is crap, but you know, again, with these books that are cookie cutter type of options, they only touch five out of 25 people. They only touch five out of 25 people. And so the thing that he talked about was how everybody was a different equation in their life, right? To achieve that great 2.0 self. Now, what worked for David is not going to work for everybody else. And he teaches you how to go to that, um, that dark place. And I got an audio piece that we're going to play. It's about a little over seven minutes long, but he talks about how you have to go to that dark place in your mind, which is the biggest place that nobody really wants to go. And, you know, he, he emphasizes on how relevant that is. You got to go to that dark place. And yes, it's alone. It's isolating. But if you really want to truly know where to start, you know, with uh, true discovery and who you are and who you were and who you want to be, you have to go to that dark place. And so there are many people out there who want to talk about the good things in life and right, you know, how to, how to be abundant, right? They want to talk about abundance and persevering when life throws curveballs, right? Now, when David gets to the bottom of his, you know, in his speaking and when he talks in his books, he talks about real life, real struggles, the real darkness and evils that he had to deal with as a kid being beaten by his father, right? The dark, again, going back to the dark places that nobody wants to explore because oftentimes when people have those dark passes, you know, past, nobody really wants to, um, nobody wants to visit it because they just want to, they want to gloss over it. They want to numb themselves of it. They don't want to go back to the childhood when they were sexually abused or, or when they were beaten or whatever, they just want to forget it ever happened and move forward. But see, the problem with that is that, you know, if you don't overcome that, then it's going to continuously haunt you as you get into your older form, you know, into your older years. And it could affect how you live your life, honestly. And so he talks about the uncomfortable things that most people don't even want to think about. See, you know, we live in a world where 
Again, many people are very comfortable. They're very content with mediocrity. You know, hardly anybody really takes upon themselves to take up the new challenges and triple down on their weaknesses to get better at things that they are deficient in. See, people would much rather travel on that, you know, as he says, that four lane highway that's paved with no road construction, no traffic, right? And people just want to travel on these roads because it's easy and it's effortless, right? But it's in those off-roading moments that really test the equipment that you're driving and puts you to the test mentally, physically, and spiritually in many cases. But what people also don't realize, it's the road less traveled that often delivers some of the greatest rewards in life because many people aren't willing to go blaze their own trail. It's too hard. And they're willing to, you know, they're not willing to figure out, okay, well, what's my own equation? Like, what what makes me tick? How, how do I unlock my full potential, right? Nobody wants to unlock their own equation within their life to unlock their full potential that God installed in them. See, Every problem has a unique solution and a specific equation, right? To solve that problem. And yes, you have that general principle. You know, you have the general principles that are functions to help solve that problem. And like that plus or that multiplication sign in math, right? Those are basic functions and principles that are used to solve problems. But everybody has a unique equation about themselves that helps untap that full potential that God installed within, you know, within themselves, you know, within you from day one, straight out of the factory. So we're going to get into that, that audio, but again, what's your equation? How do you unlock that next level within your life? How do you tap into that full potential that you never knew was there because you've always been conditioned to, to think a certain way, right? And to accept mediocrity. Well, he also says in some of his, you know, talking engagements that there are certain elements within this, you know, special military rankings, like special forces and SEALs and whoever else, they detest mediocrity. And if you're, you know, if you are part of that group, you probably know what I'm talking about. He says we detest mediocrity. Mediocrity is the low standard that common, you know, common men in everyday common situations is content in achieving. Oscar was saying, let's see, going to that dark place re-engages the crucible that you went through that helps you go through the suck now. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. My wife was saying it's a scary place. I would agree with that too. I'm just reading through some of these comments. Chat GPT motivation. Yeah, that's for sure. Destry says, David Goggins is good. I have posted in national forums an audio book of his life in the military. Yeah, he's got a really good story. I like David Goggins. So we're going to hear about seven minutes of audio here on the tail end of the show. But first, let's get into Job chapter 39. Uh, we are rounding out to the end of the last few chapters of Job. So we got 39, 40, 41. So after this, when we have three more chapters, I'm thinking, I'm not sure yet where I want to go. I'm thinking maybe James, but I'm not sure. Well, we're going to figure that out. Um, in a few days, but Job chapter 39, starting with verse one, this is the Dewey Rames, uh, Bible that I'm reading today. So kind of along the lines of the 1599 Geneva Bible, you know, a little bit of that old English. So, okay. Starting with verse one, knowest thou the time when the wild goats bring forth among the rocks and has thou observed the, the hinds when they fawn? Hast thou numbered the months of their conceiving or know the time when they bring forth? 
they bow themselves to bring forth young and they cast them and send forth roarings. Their young are weaned and go to feed. They go forth and return not to them. Who has sent out the wild ass free and who has loosed his bonds? To him I have given a house in the wilderness and his dwellings in the barren land. He scorns the multitude of the city and he hears not the cry of the driver. He looks round about the mountains of his pasture and seeks for every green thing. Shall the rhinoceros be willing to serve thee or will he stay at the crib? Can a can, can thou bind the rhinoceros with thy thong to plow, or will he break the clods of the valleys after thee? Will you have confidence in his great strength and leave thy labors to him? Will you trust him that he will render thee the seed and gather it into the barn floor? The wing of the ostrich is like the wings of the heron and of the hawk. When she leaves her eggs on the earth, Thou perhaps wilt warm them in the dust, and she forgives that the foot may tread upon them, or for, excuse me, she forgets that the foot may tread upon them, or that the beast of the field may break them. She is hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. She has labored in vain, no fear constraining her, for God has deprived her of wisdom, neither has he given her understanding. When time shall be, she sets up her wings on high, she scorns the horse, and his rider. Will thou give strength to the horse or cloth his neck with neighing? Will thou lift him up like the locust? The glory of the nostrils is terror. He breaks up the earth with his hooves. He prances boldly. He goes forward to meet armed men. He despises fear and turns not his back to the sword. Above him shall the quiver rattle. The spear and shield shall glitter. Chasing and raging, he swallows the ground. Neither does he make account when the noise of the trumpet sounds. When he hears the trumpet, he says, ha ha. He smells the battle afar off and encourages the encouraging of the captains and the shouting of the army. Does the hawk wax feathered by the wisdom, spreading her wings, to the south. Now will the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest in high places? She abides among the rocks and dwells among cracked flints and stony hills where there is no access. From thence she looks for the prey and her eyes behold afar off. Her young ones shall suck up blood and where who were Soever the carcass shall be, she is immediately there. And the Lord went on and said to Job, Shall he that contendeth with God be so easily silenced? Surely he that reproveth God ought to answer him. Then Job answered the Lord and said, What can I answer who hath spoken inconsiderately? I will lay my hand upon my mouth, and one thing I have spoken which I wish I had not said it, and another to which I will add no more. And that is the reading of Job chapter 39. You might be wondering, what in the world did you just read, Jason? Because all of that sounded completely strange to me. It, believe me, it sounded strange to me when I first read it too. So basically in this passage that we read, God is using nature to show Job how little we truly understand, right? He talks about uh, the wild animals and how they give birth, how they survive, um, how they acting instinctively, right? Basically, it's like God is saying, hey, Job, do you know when the goats or the deer have babies or how they survive? Like, can you control them? Then God talks about powerful creatures like donkeys and rhinos and horses. And he asked Job if he can control these strong animals or understand their instinct instincts. It's a way of saying, hey, Job, 
Can you make a donkey plow a field or a horse go into battle at your command? Like, are you able to do that? How do you know how to do that? Right. And so the ostrich, for example, uh, seems to be uh, a bit of an unconventional, you know, type of animal when it comes to parenting, because with ostriches, they're known for being a little rough when it's chicks, uh, you know, with its chicks when they hatch and they don't always seem very nurturing like most birds do right with their young. Um, it's like, as if God is saying to Job, can you make the ostrich be more caring and attentive to its babies? Right. See, every spring when we have, uh, when, when we have this, this mama Robin, right, this mama Robin always likes to come to our deck and make her nest underneath our deck. And, you know, typically anywhere between two to three, you know, little chicklets or whatever you want to call them, little baby Robins, um, she'll lay her eggs and she gets so mad, so angry when we go out there to just check on the nest, make sure everything's good, right? We don't bother it. We just go and make sure she's good. And then the mama flies out and she's sitting on top of the shed, just chirping away, just squawking and yelling at us. It's like, okay, easy mama. Like it's all good. Chill out. But the ostrich is completely the opposite. Like, has no regard for her young at all, right? And then there was the example of the eagle, right? That majestic bird known for its incredible strength and its keen eyesight. And so in this passage, it talks about how it's a creature that's quite independent and chooses to live in these high places, right? They're in these remote places that are almost inaccessible to people. And so God kind of, in a way, you know, says to Job, in this passage, can you make an eagle do what you want or live where you want it to live? Like, obviously, that's a rhetorical question, but you're not going to be able to do that, right? These birds' behaviors seem puzzling to most of man, right? To almost probably everybody. And almost damn near odd. But for them, right, for those specific animals, it's just their way of being. That's how God created them. It, and that's kind of what the point of what God's kind of, you know, make, you know, that's the point that God's making a job. There are things in this world that are beyond our control and understanding. And so again, it's like saying to Job, or it's like saying, Job, can you understand and control every aspect of these birds lives? And of course the answer is always going to be a big resounding. No, of course. Right. We can't fully understand or control everything in nature. And God is reminding Job that there is a lot about the, you know, his creation that's, that goes way beyond our comprehension. We're not going to understand all of that. And so, you know, the essence here is about acknowledging the vastness of God's creation and limitations of man's understanding. And Job, faced with the intricate marvels of nature, realizes, you know, realizes the vastness of the world's wisdom compared to his own. It's like all of a sudden he suddenly grasps the sheer depth of what he doesn't know. And this real, this realization almost leaves him kind of silent. Like, wow, I guess I don't really know as much as I thought I did. See, like in our own lives, like when we often feel like we got things figured out yet, you know, something will happen. It's like, well, so much for that truth. I thought I had it figured out. But yet, you know, when we look at the complexity of nature, you know, and all the intricate behaviors of animals, you know, that symbiotic relationship between plants and animals and the delicate balance of ecosystems, it pretty much is a big, huge, profound reminder, really, of how little we can comprehend of how it's all situated. Like I said, 
I, the other day I was talking about the snowflake when a snowflake falls from the sky, right? And, and, and if it lands on your glove, if you have one of those like nylon type of gloves where it doesn't melt right away and you look at that snowflake closer, if you happen to have a, you know, a, a magnifying glass, it's just amazing to see the geometry of how that snowflake was designed in the air. Like, how does a water droplet naturally form like that? Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of stuff that we don't understand. At least I don't anyway. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys might be smarter than me, but I sure as heck don't understand it. Anyway, but ultimately, you know, it's about finding peace, right? And and in this, you know, and in embracing the unknown, right? Recognizing our limitations, but also understanding that there's a, you know, an order and there's a harmony in nature that goes beyond our understanding. But again, it reflects God's wisdom and how he you know, his craftsmanship behind, behind the scenes. I mean, it is really, truly a call to marvel at all of this, right? I mean, it really is. It's, it's amazing. And so I think, you know, this humility not only deepens our appreciation for creation, but, you know, I think fosters a very profound sense of awe and, and reverence for God's wisdom and, and all that orchestrates, you know, all that's orchestrated behind it. So anyway, so that is Job chapter 39. Like I said, there'll be three more chapters. We'll have Job uh, 40, 41, and 42. And I believe that's the end of it, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's the end of it. So, you know, if you guys have suggestions, I was thinking about dip, diving into James because it's only, it's a short chapter and that's what we're doing in our men's Bible study. Um, I was talking about possibly um, having, there's a gentleman uh, who started going to this men's Bible study, I want to say five months ago. So I'm thinking about having him on the podcast at some point because, you know, he struggled for a lot of his life uh, addicted to crystal meth and how it's messed up his life. It's messed up his family. It broke up his family. And five months ago, uh, I was at this Bible study. It was his first night there. We all prayed over him. We all laid hands on him and we prayed over him for about, I want to say it was like four or five minutes. And I got to tell you, folks, after seeing and his name is Ed, but after seeing him yesterday, he's like a completely different man. Um, he's lost some weight. His uh, abrasive foul language has completely evaporated from his uh, vocabulary. He's like a completely different man. It's amazing. And I want him to share his story on here for all of you. Now, you might not have a meth problem, but you might have a problem somewhere else. You might have a porn addiction. You might have a binge eating addiction. You might have an alcoholism addiction. You might have a, a gambling problem. You might have an, you know, you might be a social media addicted freak. Everybody has something. And if you don't, God bless you. You're awesome. See me, it's still sweets. Like no matter how hard I try and I'm, I swear, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I, sweets are my weakness. If I'm going to be completely transparent here, sweets are my weakness, but guess what? I have not gone the crumble cookie. So there's that. Destry says coffee addiction, addiction here. Um, but I have not gone the crumble cookie. I will say that I did learn my lesson. My body hurt after eating all those cookies. I will not do that again. That sucked. 
That absolutely freaking sucked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I like the sweets. I like cookies. I like brownies. I like caramel, you know, but I know I have to stay away from it. And my, my, my goal and so far I've been doing good today, <laughs> 24 hours, but no, um, my goal is to do 21 days. So when I get past Thanksgiving, cause I know there's going to be pie tomorrow and I'm not going to turn down pie. I'm going to tell you that right now, but my goal is to do 21 days straight of zero sugar, zero processed crap. Well, Jason, why just 21 days? What, you're going to just fall off the wagon after 21 days? No, because they say 21 days of doing something typically is how you form or drop a bad habit. Like you either drop a bad habit or form a good habit. So if I can do this for 21 straight days, and look, I know I can do it. I've done it before when I went on keto and I dropped almost 50 pounds, 49 to be exact. And like April was saying too, where sweets are, uh, or when sweets are put within my reach, I can't resist either. Yeah. That's just it. You know, it's, and, and that's a problem for me. Like if they're in my reach, I'm destroying them. It's going to be gone. If there's some, if there's a donut, well, a normal donut, not, not the ones my daughter and my wife like, cause they like the Holland cream filled ones. Nah, it's just, that's too rich for me. But like, if there's a chocolate chip cookie within reach, or there's some little chocolate candies. Oh yeah. This this father is eating it. I'm destroying it. So my my goal is to again go 21 days without sweets and hopefully that can help me lose the uh what do you want to call it the 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 t the taste, right? The the what is the word I'm thinking of? The craving. There we go. I'm hoping that after 21 days, it allowed me to lose the craving because I did it when I went on keto and it was almost as if after 21 to 30 days of being away from the sweets, if I ate something beyond that point, my, it was like my palate and my stomach didn't even want it. It almost tasted disgusting. So I just have to get on it. I have to do it. And my goal is to do this before Christmas is up. So then when Christmas does roll around, I won't be as tempted to eat those Christmas cookies, right? When we go to our Christmas parties and stuff like that, I won't be tempted to eat that brownie. So my goal after Thanksgiving is to completely stay away from all that garbage. So we will see. Hopefully I can be successful. I need accountability, folks. You guys need to be my accountability crowd. Okay. You guys need to like harp on me. Like, dude, you're going to be a fat lard butt if you don't stay away from this. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to die at a young age. If you keep down this path with your sweets, like I need you guys to like dog on me for this. <laughs> Destry says, I'll eat it for you. <laughs> and my wife is yelling at me. She's like, Jones, what? No, I'm not going to, no, I'm serious. You guys need to dog on me. <laughs> like I'm serious. I, I need, I need to get away from this crap. All right. Clearly I can't be accountable to myself. <laughs> all right. So this is typically the part where I would do a break, right? And then go into the second half of the show. We're just going to stop. Um, we're, we're, I'm not even going to do a break. So we're going to go right into the, uh, what do I want? Oh, you know what? Before I go into the audio with David Goggins, I do want to go into something. This is kind of neat. So apparently, was it? Argentina just got a new president. I think, what, the first libertarian president in in that country's history or world history, I guess, for that matter. Right. 
Oscar says, every sweet you eat, you have to count and say one tubby tubby. <laughs> Two tubby tubby. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess what? Uh, Argentina got a new president. So I'm just going to read this little snippet here. It's from uh, News. Um, Argentina's government ahead of a critical October 22nd election has surprised many by announcing a tax exemption for millions of citizens, sparing them from income tax payments. Now, this move amidst rampant inflation directly contradicts Argentina's IMF deal, causing controversy, and it's seen as a political strategy to win favor in the election. But critics worry about the impact on fiscal responsibility and economic stability. And the decision underscores the intricate relationship between economic policy and politics in Argentina and raises questions about the nation's global financial reputation. So basically what they're doing is they're taking away the, um, they're taking away the, uh, the, the income tax. I think that's amazing because that's what needs to happen here. And we need to go back to a flat tax or, you know, a, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a flat tax or a fair tax, but we need to get away from, having income taxes in general, like a flat sales tax, right? Um, because, you know, that's our money. Like we work our butts off for this. We deserve to keep all of that money, except other than, you know, when we pay for brand new items, right? Like it's been said that if you buy a brand new house, you have a certain a percentage of tax and a certain amount goes to federal and a certain amount goes to state, right? And then, you know, anything that's new, same thing, you pay a tax on it. But if it's used or if it's food or something that's I don't know. Uh, what do you want to call it? Um, a necessity in life. You won't be taxed on it. Like if, like again, if it's like a used car or you know, like I said, food. Um, let's see. Destry is saying six percent only, four percent to the state, two percent to the uh, national tax from new items only. Yeah, ex yeah, and that's what I thought I heard. So, because we need to keep our own money, folks. OK, we would be a lot more prosperous in this nation and not have to feel like we have to work 80 to 100 hours a week if we were able to keep the majority of our money. Well, that's what Argentina is doing, and it looks like it's going to end up working out well for them. We will see. I think that'll be pretty cool. I'm just reading something else here. Yeah. Somebody said right here, you know, the president of Argentina is on the right side when the news outlets were saying that he's worse than Trump. That's very, very true. That's very, that's a very true assessment right there. Um, what else is there? Let me scroll down here. Oh, yeah, here we go. A senior Pentagon official overseeing elementary schools division is was arrested in human trafficking sting, according to the Gateway Pundit. Let's click on that real quick found that very interesting out of georgia too which again if you don't remember um stacy abrams who ran for governor in georgia yeah you know and lost her brother got arrested for human trafficking uh, but right here this this article says senior pentagon official overseeing elementary schools division arrested in human trafficking sting uh let's see here in a recent crackdown on human trafficking in kiowetta county georgia an unsettling revelation has come to light among those apprehended in a law enforcement sting operation is Stephen Francis Havanik, a senior official with the Department of Defense Education Activity, also known as DODEA, uh, America's division, which oversees elementary education for military families. 
Havanic, 64, was arrested on November 15th in Coweta County, Georgia, on suspicion of pandering, according to the Daily Caller. Now, according to the DODEA's website, Havanic assumed his role as chief of staff during Obama's regime. Well, surprise, surprise. He probably joined Obama and Big Mike for them pizza parties and those hot dogs that they had flown in from Chicago. So it says right here, Steve Havanic assumed the duties of chief of staff for the DODEA, America's uh, formerly the Domestic Department Elementary and Secondary Schools in October 2010. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, Havanic served as the instructional system specialist at the DDES, the DDESS area service center in Peachtree City, Georgia, and was responsible for the curricular. Anyway, I'm not going to go through his whole stupid, you know, background. It don't even matter. But anyways, but the bottom line, though, is um, arrested for human trafficking. Just like uh, Stacey Abrams brother, you know, the same Stacey Abrams who did not concede the loss, uh, you know, for the governor's uh, race in Georgia. And she's the same Stacey Abrams talking about how how terrible Donald Trump is. He's a terrible man. Well, you should probably look within your own family because I'm pretty sure Commander-in-Chief, yes, I said it, Commander-in-Chief Donald John Trump um, is not implicated in child trafficking or human trafficking. It seems like that must be a family business uh, for Stacey Abrams' family there. Speaking of Commander-in-Chief, let's just hear that audio one more time because that is a really sweet audio that people are overlooking how Donald Trump is the commander-in-chief and Biden is not your president. Guess who's in charge? Listen. You're going to end up in World War III because of this. No reason for it. Millions of people will die. I know the players. I know the job. I alone in this primary have borne the burden of having troops in harm's way as commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces and borne the burden of having troops in harm's way as commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces. Commander-in-chief of the U.S. as commander-in-chief That's right. of the U.S. Armed Forces. As commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces. How are people missing this? How are people missing this? I tell you what, you need to go. I'm going to post this right now, folks. I'm going to post it again on my Telegram. So when you start red-pilling your family tomorrow at Thanksgiving, you got crazy Uncle Harry who wants to talk about how great Biden is and how he's on his 28th COVID booster shot and he comes over there with his freaking blue liberal hair. You play this like, um, yeah, Biden's dead. He's not even president. Even if you didn't want to go down the Biden's dead route, you can just say Biden's not even president, right? And when he starts yelling at you across the table, like, what do you mean Biden's not president? Blah, blah, blah. Of course he's president. I see him on the TV all the time on CNN and NBC and, 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 and blah, 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 right? Just play this clip. Just play this clip. Like, well, how do you explain this then? This primary of borne the burden of having troops in harm's way as commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces. That's right. Borne the burden of the, you know, of the Armed Forces, borne the burden of going through this election as commander-in-chief. As commander-in-chief. Not Biden. Not Biden at all. So. Anyways, now let's get to David Goggins here. Actually, there was one more thing I wanted to go over. Hold on a second. Let me bring up Truth Social because I saved this for a reason. A few things here. Scroll down here. Okay. And that's another thing. Yeah. So cryptocurrency firm Tether, if you've ever heard of Tether, uh, froze $225 million uh, linked to people uh, be that uh, were dealing in... Um, Human trafficking. 
Yeah. Human trafficking. Here's another one uh, by the Gateway Pundit. Italy's max trial, right? Over 200 mafia members were convicted. Uh, it's one of the largest, I guess, groups. Um, let me just pull this up real quick. This was an interesting article, too. Um, over there in Italy, there was a two, over a trial with over 200 mafia members convicted and sentenced to a historic trial targeting, I don't I'm going to probably botch this word, the uh, Drangheta, the Andrangheta organization from Calabria. Yeah, it says, when the Italians call their group prosecutions of mobsters maxi trials, they are not exaggerating. This was a three-year trial with hundreds of defendants and lawyers, thousands of pieces of evidence in a specialty, specially built secure courtroom tackling some of the most dangerous organized crime figures in the country belonging to a powerful uh, Calabrese group. In the end, they convicted and sentenced more than 200 people of crimes, including criminal association, extortion, and bribery in Italy's largest mafia trial in three decades. That's insane. That is insane. That's a big trial. That's a very big trial. And then here's another little article from the Gateway Pundit. See, the, these people just keep dropping. Another dumb Democrat retirement. California Democrat Representative Tony Cardenas will not seek re-election. I wonder why. Is it because he's just really retiring? Or maybe he just had a special one-way flight to Gitmo? I don't know. We shall see. That Gitmo plane was flying around this morning, by the way, and yesterday morning. I've been watching. I've been watching and president Trump, uh, went down to the border and was, uh, he was, you know, president Trump says president Trump gateway pun. And again, president Trump serves Thanksgiving dinner to border patrol agents in Texas, not Biden Trump. And then one more article here. I wanted to read China buys 23 tons of gold and Americans scramble to protect retirement savings. So again, folks, have your gold, have your silver, okay? Have precious metals on hand, all right? Again, remember, I'm not a financial advisor, but it this is what the Joneses do, okay? We, we hold precious metals. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, let's get to David Goggins. Um, we're just going to dive right into it, all right? So let me turn up my volume. Seven minutes, cut number, well, I guess this is technically cut number two. Like, like the 40% rule. We all live in this world where our brains are keeping us in this box. Outside that box, on the other edge of suffering, which is all the others of that 40%, is a world that's endless of opportunity. But we are afraid to go outside that box because in that box is comfortable. That's where all of our nice stuff, you know, that's where the nice four lane highways at. I know where the restrooms are at. I know where the gas stations are at. Outside that box, man, God gives you a shovel and says, man, start digging. That's not fun. But when you dig, you dig your own path to all kinds of stuff that's unknown. And that's where I started realizing, man, like on the other end of this is some beautiful stuff. So I got outside my box and realized, man, 300 pounds. Now look at me. I'm hurting 85 pounds. And on the other side of the box was all this stuff. And I didn't know it was over there until I climbed the wall and saw it. So what wall are you climbing now? Man, right now, I've climbed a lot of walls. There's no more walls anymore. <laughs> the reason why is because I know how to climb. I was trying to figure out how to climb before. 
I got all the right gear, man. I got the ropes. I got the shoes. I got the chalk. I got the harnesses. I'm good. I'm, I'm not scared to climb anymore. I go to the rock, hammered in. I got my belay and I'm good to go. So you got to figure out how to climb first. And that's all. We all have a different way of climbing. That's why there's a lot of books out there on mental toughness. It's all crap. Why? Because it's a cookie cutter way. Life isn't cookie cutter. Like 3.14 is pie. It's how you figure out equations. We're all different equations. We all come from, we all have a story. We all have to strengthen our mind to figure out our own equation. Once you figure out your own equation in life, you can then start picking away at how to be better. But you first have to figure out your equation in life. Once you figure that out, man, you can do anything. You know, I believe inherently everyone knows that they have more inside of them. Everybody wants more. Right. Um, you know, and we want to do more. We want to achieve more. But in order to do that, we have to become more. Right. right. And then we can, then we have something to contribute. You can't give what you don't have. And I think that identifying is half the battle. What, what is holding you back? You know, what are those, what did you call it? False sense of realities that, right. that you're, you're putting down. But what would you suggest or recommend for anyone in here that they're on that tipping point of breaking through, you know, right. they're on that tipping point because right now we have this incredible environment where the energy's high people's mindsets, right. In the military, you, you all are trained in environments. That's why they tried to, you know, drown you. And right. I remember last time you told a story of being put in like the black ocean, right. um, you know, overnight. But what would you suggest to them, their path to their more, their path to their better? You know, that's kind of like our entire mantra as a company. Why we do what we do is to pursue better so we can inspire other people to do the same. But if we're not pursuing it, right. then we're not doing it. Um, is what would you recommend for them when they go back into those environments of what to expect? And you know, what's maybe a tool that you would recommend for them to try on to see if it fits? Well, the biggest thing, well, I like what you're saying, because my big saying is motivation is crap. Right now, a lot of you right now can be motivated as hell, go out of here and be like, yeah, I'm motivated. But you said you're right. Without being driven or obsessed, this motivation fades. And, and motivation is at the all time high when your bills are paid, when your wife or husband is good, when everything is good, you're motivated. It's that person when all hell breaks loose and, and everything falls apart that says, I still gotta get it in. And how you get to that point in life, what I figured out, it's so noisy right now. This world is so noisy. We, we all walk around with these phones, computers. The world is so fast. We're not able to think. The, the most powerful weapon in the world, we walk around with it. It's our mind, it's our brain. You have to be able to go into a very dark place in your mind and figure who you are. Go back to what you want to do. What's your purpose? We can't figure our purpose out or why we're here or why we're even born or whatever because it's so loud in our mind. We don't have any quiet time with ourselves to sit back and say, what do I really want? There's so many different dialogues in our head that we can't think. So my biggest thing is, you have to be alone in a very dark place in your mind to think about what is important to you. But see, people don't want to do that because that's a scary place for a lot of people. It takes them out of their comfort zone. It's hard. It's a scary place. Nobody wants to do that. Why? Because they are happy and content with mediocrity. They're okay with the status quo they're okay capping themselves in many areas of their life. 
And so nobody wants to break that mold and expand themselves. And this is precisely what David Goggins is talking about. I love this guy's story. Now I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you out there, if you're going to YouTube hit, if you're going to look him up on YouTube, I'm fair warning. He loves dropping F-bombs and mother F-bombs. Not because he's trying to offend you, but that's just him. That's his raw, real way of conveying his message. But again, when you hear his story, when you understand his story, you start to understand why he is the way he is and why he speaks the way he speaks and why he's very aggressive sounding. And I agree with what Destry just said right here. This is why it's so hard, or excuse me, this is why it's so difficult to get good people to assemble because people don't want to do the hard work. They want to get their popcorn and they want to sit on the sidelines like, oh, the Patriots are in control. <laughs> the military is the only way. Well, while I will agree that the military is a big part of the functions of what needs to take place, your actions are still needed in the assembly, reassembly of our jural assemblies on the county and state level. But nobody wants to do that. Why? Because it's so hard. <laughs> I just want to go home and watch my, watch my TV shows and I want to order my, 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 DoorDash, dinner, whatever. I just want to sit. I want to have my beer. I want to just sit because I'm just a, a soft little pumpkin. That's too hard. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Now, you have to. Destry was also saying military can only do it because of the people assembled. And I like what Oscar was saying here too. Get on the playing field. We are at the 30 yard line continuing. Awesome. And so kind of piggyback off that you've spent a lot of time alone. What yes. is something that you learned about yourself through your process or your journey? I learned I was leaving a lot on the table and that's what scares me the most. I I'm, I'm, I'm good now, but what haunts me is that at 24 years old, I was 300 pounds. And if I didn't make a right turn, if I decided to just give in to the feelings I had, I would have died a three or 400 pound man working some minimum wage job in my casket, never knowing that I was this guy. And with fear, so I believe in God. And what scares me the most is I believe that God, in my own mind, I'm a big visualization person. So, so, so what keeps me going is like visualizing. It's not true but it helps me. I believe that God had this big chart in heaven. And when you get there, if you earn your right to get there, you get there in heaven and you get there, let's say I walked up at 300 pounds and God says, hey man, great job, you made it to heaven. And he rips this page down from Brian Underwood. And now it says David Goggins' chart. He rips it down, throws that paper to the side. And he says, look at this. And I'm reading it, I go, what is this? He goes, how much do you weigh? 300 pounds. What did you do? I was a pest control guy for 40 years. He says, this is what you were supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? A 185 pound person. Be able to run 205 miles, break the pull-up record, motivate people, energize people, make them driven, make them passionate, make them find more. 
So am I in heaven or in hell? That's what motivates me. It scares me also. Because I believe that we are all leaving a lot, a lot on the table. And now when I go to heaven, what I want God to look at me and say is, as you were living, I'm the all-knowing man. I had to get a damn marker out and write more as you were living. You see what I'm saying? I want to impress him. That's what I'm here for. I want to do the impossible. Wow. I tell you, I like when he said, God is out there with a marker adding to our story because we dare to strive to go further in our lives. Right? We're not just sitting back eating our popcorn and watching life pass us by. Again, this is how we got in the mess to begin with in our own country. We all expected a group of politicians who were never really lawfully elected. They were selected. They were placed in there, whether you want to believe it or not, they've been, been placed in there for quite some time. We've had a corporation run this country since 1871. Maybe even a little bit before that, but formally the act of, you know, the reconstruction act of 1871, we, the United States was a corporate, a corporation ran by a bunch of dirty scumbag lawyers, bar lawyers, bankers, elitist, pedophiles, demons. And we dropped our guard back in the late 1800s, allowed these people to run our country. We were stupid and allowed them to occupy our seats unlawfully, by the way, unlawfully, because many of them held titles of nobility and were bar card holding lawyers, which means you're basically a foreigner who swore an oath to a foreign adversary of a foreign country. Therefore, per the Constitution, you're not allowed to hold office. But yet, somehow, they got us to forget about all that. They occupied those offices. They abused their power. They abused everything that was supposed to be sacred with holding a position like that. They usurped their power and they were tyrannical in the process, but yet we, the people, were the frog in the boiling pot of water. Slowly dying with every single thing and every single policy they started putting on us, every single code they started putting in there. Slowly eroding our freedoms, killing us, death by a thousand lashes. Have you gotten lashed on your back enough, people? Are you ready to wake up? Folks, this is the podcast you're going to want to share with other people because people need to get their butts in gear. We find ourselves in this place because people relied on just a few people in D.C. to just do their bidding for them. Well, how'd that turn out for us? 
not very well because now we have a lot of people who are getting arrested for pedophilia and child trafficking and you know and, and treason corruption you name it we're going to see a lot of big no names go down and it's going to be one of the most profound times in history that's really going to make history books it, this is going to be the greatest history book ever made going forward because guess what? There's not going to be a victor or a captor or a victor or a loser. Okay. Because all the, all the victors that used to write the history books, they're going to be going away for a long time because it's those corrupt, you know, what I almost said a bad word that write the history books, the elites. We're going to about to have real history books that are going to be written and published. Can't wait to get my hands on one of those. So anyway, that's about all I got for you today. Um, like I said, I wanted to do this show a little early. Sorry for the confusion earlier. I, I wasn't, I was going back and forth on whether or not if I was going to do a show at 3 PM or 7 PM, because it was contingent on if the kid wanted to go outside and play. So initially when she came home, with my wife because i went to go get some clothes she wanted to go outside and play i'm like Ugh. i'm like can i just do my podcast first and then we'll go out and play she goes no i want to play now i'm like all right I'm like, i'll just do it at seven and then we got her bike down and then or you know she was riding her scooter and then she wanted her bike so i had to air up her tires and then she was riding around for like five minutes decided that she got cold <laughs> and then she decided that she wanted to play soccer it's like no kid let's just go inside obviously you're too cold your nose is running like a faucet i'm gonna go inside i'm gonna start this podcast at three so i can have my evening because this is now my weekend thursday and friday right so you know it's gonna be busy so like i said um i'm probably more than likely not gonna do a podcast tomorrow um or friday for that matter i'm gonna take a break for a couple days and then we'll be back on saturday um so i might i might put out some youtube stuff right? i might put out some content on youtube but as far as actually doing whole shows tomorrow or friday i'm probably gonna just take a break just enjoy myself i'm gonna sleep in a little bit and just you know it's been a very busy couple of weeks actually it's been a, just a busy month in general so but i hope all of you have a good thanksgiving and i hope you enjoy your family time and remember that commander-in-chief uh you know video let me see i think i posted it let me just make sure did i post it um, no, but I'm going to post it right now. I'm going to forward it right now. Boom. It's there. So when you are arguing with, you know, your crazy uncle or whoever, when they're trying to talk about how great Biden is, just play that clip, play that. Cl it's, it's, a, it's 19 seconds. Play that clip of Donald Trump and, uh, how he basically says right there in front of God and everybody at a rally, how he is the active commander in chief. <laughs> so there you go. You can't contend with that. And that's on national TV. That was on public TV folks. You know, I, I assume, I don't know, but anyway, he said it. I'm sure he's not going to lie to the public right out there in the open. Not like all these other scumbag politicians. So anyway, again, like Matthew 7, 7 says, oh, and you know what? Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. We need to do the prayer. Boy, I am just chomping at the bit to just get my evening going. <laughs> Let's not forget that again. All right. Heavenly Father, oh, in your divine creation, you have crafted and made a world for us that is filled with tons of 
marvels that go way beyond our comprehension. And as we behold the intricacies of nature, we stand humbled by your boundless wisdom. And so we ask that you grant us grace to acknowledge the limitations of our own understanding and to help us embrace that vastness of your creation, realizing that our knowledge pales in comparison to your infinite wisdom. We ask that you guide us to find comfort in the mysteries that surround us, acknowledge that there is much that we do not comprehend, just as Job was humbled by your discourse on the natural world, and let us also be humbled, recognizing the depth of our ignorance. Father, I also want to send out a prayer out there to folks who you know, have special intentions in their heart. They have prayers that they want to put out to you. They just don't know how to verbalize it. They don't know how to talk to you. Uh, I want to put out a prayer out there to anybody that's dealing with marital woes or financial issues or even health um, struggles, people that are dealing with cancer. We just pray that you can heal these people and be in their marriages and to deliver the answers that most people are trying to seek. And we know you're not a genie. We know this. All right. Like we, we know you're not a genie, but I'm just asking if you can help those that are in need, please put your divine hand in their lives and, and bring them peace. Because this tends to be, for some reason, for some people, a very stressful time of year for a lot of people. And it happens to be a very depressing time for a lot of people because a lot of people don't even have family to share this time with one another. So we also shed, we want to, um, pray for those who are alone, who don't have family or don't have friends nearby. Deliver them a friend or somebody that will walk into their lives lives and give them that companionship, that friendship during this time, you know, of year when everybody comes together. Let nobody be alone. And we pray all of this in your holy son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So that is all we have for the day. I hope you all have a great day, great night. And like I said, remember, as it states in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great Thanksgiving. Stay out of trouble. Don't eat too much. Don't forget your stretchy pants tomorrow. And we will see you back here on Saturday. We will do a live show on Saturday. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast. And we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.